Welcome to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Schager. Today on 30 Minutes, we continue with part two of a panel from the 2017 Tucson Festival of Books from the Pima County Public Library Nuestras Raices presentation stage. Maria Herreras moderated this panel with authors Guadalupe Garcia McCall and Emmy Perez entitled The Tejana, Another State of Mind Celebrating the Rio Grande Valley and the People That Shaped It in Poetry and Prose. Guadalupe Garcia McCall's latest novel, Shame the Stars, is a reimagining of Romeo and Juliet set during the time of the Mexican Revolution in South Texas. Her young adult novel, Under the Mesquite, won the Pura Belpre Award. Emmy Perez has lived on the Texas-Mexico border from El Paso to the Rio Grande Valley. She is the author of the poetry collection with the river on our face. My name is Maria Herreras, and I am really proud and happy to be here at the Nuestras Raices tent. And I just want to, maybe you can join me in giving some love to the Pima County Library. They're wonderful. And this uh, tent for me since the beginning of the book festival has always been a shining star. And I'm sure if you've been coming to this tent for for a while, you feel the same way. And so I just love to thank them every time for having us here. We wish to thank the friends of the Pima County Library for sponsoring this venue. I kind of think we already did that. So today we're going to talk a little bit uh, with Guadalupe and Emmy about uh, what it means to be Tejana, about their writing. They're going to share some of their work with us. And then after they share some of the work with us, no, we'll open well. it to some okay. questions, okay. if you have any for them. They're speech. interested in talking with you. I know in, uh, in looking at, uh, at their work, and we've been talking about uh, what it means to be writers that live in Texas and also write about the border area. This is what inspires their work now. Why don't we hear their work and um, have them share with us? Uh, Emmy, would you like to, to go first? And then we will take some questions when they, when they are done. Okay, I think I'll start off with a very short piece from my first collection, Solstice. It's not this one here, it's a different one. Since I've talked so much about the neighborhood that my mom is from, I'm gonna read this short piece called Isleta Tejas. Cottonwood crosses planted in sun-cracked mud, Inca dove bones among Oya shards. In this desert, trunks of fruit trees, crosses without names, and all are washed white gypsum, lime. Here, dirt is life, shaped into utensils and adobe. Here, dirt holds seeds soaked with irrigated water, hoping to blossom. Here, when canal water drains, hungry children dig in bottom sand for crawfish. Dust storms live in teeth, dreams, and eyes. Loose cotton blows over empty fields months after harvest, and the roosters crow all day. Every moment is torment and sunrise. My mother's home was a bowl made of clay. I will perish into finding all the pieces. And then I think I'll, I'll just read an excerpt from a longer piece because um, it's probably too long to read from the new collection with the river on our face. 
Um, half of the poem is about El Paso, the other half is about El Valle, where I currently live. I'm just going to read little excerpts from each one. Every city is El Paso, and every Paso a city where we smile and greet kind neighbors who raise roosters and water tomato plants as someone ODs near the canal behind our homes, and I never saw his face because I did not look enough beyond obvious beauty. Ciudad hermana across the river, parents carry signs with photos of missing daughters. El Paso of Native Americans who speak Spanglish. El Paso of every city in the Americas, every city on the globe. El Paso of when I write and think about you, justicia, and writers unafraid, where we are not healed, comforted maybe, in the roosters crowing in Isleta, barrio without fail, peach trees growing, and lovely neighbors I romanticize because they remember ancient family members. El Paso, where refineries flame in the middle of the street and greet us with filthy besos. El Paso, where land is condemned by name and barrio, then revitalized as if corporate America is an oxygen machine and residents ghosts who can move out of the condemnations without dying again, further into the desert, away from the river and bridges to, me uh, to medicine. And then I'm just going to read the end. So this is El Valle, where I live now. El Valle of green parakeets on 10th Street, bobcats and ghosts of ocelots in the monte by Boca Chica, where the river cools blue herons, children and fisherwomen and men as it joins the gulf. Spring arrives anytime there's a splash of rain with sun and still a pronounced flowering in February, March. Cacti blooming fuchsia flowers near salt water and Texas tortoise so very ancient at Laguna Atascosa walking in wind as we walk in wind in spring thinking about desire, Celia Cruz and female and male cardinals in winter. El Valle, where my toronjas are organic and the big red ants consume every last peach white bit of pulp when stray beautiful ones fall to dirt, already with a suck hole for the birds. El Valle, where each toronja in my backyard is a miracle of life. El Valle, where I'm teachable, teachable by people like you who live your lives in order to love because this is why many of us live our lives, but we don't stop working to notice. Pero yo ya no soy yo, ni mi casa es ya mi casa, en el paso, en el valle, everywhere. So the quote in Spanish at the end is from Garcia Lorca, who I was talking about earlier. And he says, but I am no longer I, and my house is no longer my home. Thank you. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm going to try and top that. No. <laughs> Beautiful. I wanted to uh, read you the dedication for this book really quickly because um, maybe you'll understand where I'm coming from. When I was growing up, my father would tell me stories about the Mexican revolutionaries. And I would sit there and go, oh, okay. And in the of my head, I'd be thinking about, you know, Elvis Presley and things like that. And um, I, was, I, was so, I was so ensconced in being in America, in, in American citizen, and going to American schools and, and learning the English and that I was ignoring a lot of the history that he was giving me. Um, a lot of times he would get angry and I would, uh, at, at uh, the things that had happened and I would think, but 
that was in the past. Because, you know, I was a child who didn't understand. Yeah, I was a kid, you know, so I flipped my hair and moved on uh, and, and uh, thought about, you know, teenage things. But as I read this book by Dr. Johnson and I started seeing the history, I started getting visions of all the things he said. And I thought to myself, oh, my God, why didn't I pay attention to this? He was telling me about this. I just wasn't thinking like I am now who, you know, but now I'm 51 years old. I was 12 <laughs> at that time. So I wrote this book and I uh, dedicated it to my father and it says this, Para mi padre, el señor Onésimo García, un hombre de honor, integridad y mucho valor. Con todo mi corazón, Lupita. And I'm going to translate it. It says, for my father, el señor Onésimo García, a man of honor, integrity, and valor. With all my heart, Lupita. Because my dad is Joaquin. My dad is this voice that, speak, that spoke to me that night. It was his courage, his integrity, and his desire to educate me as a Tejana. I'm sorry. My father is very ill right now, and I feel like I, I need to put him on paper. And so I'm going to read you the first poem that Joaquin gave me because it is the poem of my father's heart. And it's called Tejano. These are dangerous times in South Texas. Times of trouble. Times of loss. Tejano. Texas Mexican. Laggard field hand. Still your heartbeat. Stay your station. Till the earth. Don't you dare look up. Never mind the injustice. Your father's land is not yours anymore. It has been sold, past hands, bought and paid for. It's history. It's gone. Close your eyes, mind your tongue. Let the rangers do their jobs. Tejano, suppliant border man, vagrant son of Tenochtitlan. Don't you see? Don't you know? Why can't you understand? To seed, to plow, to weed, to tow, to toil for the Anglo-immigrant, the new Texan, the new boss. That is now your lot in life. Close your eyes, mind your tongue, let the rangers do their job. Tejano, rustered campesino, sluggish farm worker, quell your subversive spirit. Quiet your dissident heart. Quit your questions. Suppress your rage and silence your thoughts. Don't, your, don't let your foolish mestizo pride defeat you. The conquistador in you beat you. The nagua eat you. Close your ears. Mind your tongue. Let the rangers do their job. Don't listen to the roar of your ancestral blood. To quake, to quiver, to shake, to shiver, to watch your rebellious brothers hang. Swing from tall, majestic trees. Sway against the breeze. That is now your lot in life. Close your eyes. Mind your tongue. 
Let the rangers do their job. Be safe. Be smart. Be innocuous. That is the best way to shame the stars. My father used to say that the stars were watching us. And my mother, I asked her once, why does he say that? I used to go sit outside on the porch and lay down and watch the stars. And there were so, so many of them on the border. They were so beautiful. And I used to think, what are they watching me for? <laughs> what do they want? And one day I asked my mom, why, why does dad say that? And she said, the stars are your ancestors. They're watching you. That's beautiful. And so that's why Joaquin says that. I wanted to read you one last poem. This is Joaquin and his most rebellious moments when he joins the, the, the fight. In dreams, in dreams, I run with beasts. We run rampant, como remuda, into the thickness of the chaparral. Darting off, their necks stretched forward and lengthened with the stars on their faces touch the sky. The diamonds on their chests contract, expand, harden them. Their withers grow hair that fluff and flicker, and we fly into the fog, in and out of the mist like locomotives on fire. In my dream, I run with beasts, caballos moros, Balancos y negros, their hooves eat the dirt beneath us, spitting out the bones of the earth as we gallop back to a place in time where Mount was monarch and man could only watch and marvel from afar. We swallow the wind in giant gulps as we pass man by, leaving him further and further behind. In my dream, I run with beasts, sweaty mounts with foamy coats and heavy snorts, worn, weary mammals with rebellious, seditious hearts, fleeing on instinct, running towards light. We outrun coyotes, stomp on vipers and spook lechuzas, and all the while, we, my thoughts return to you like buitres circling overhead, always going back to the United States, back to hostility, back to oppression, back to resentment. So it's my father's coraje on the page. <laughs> well, both of them so amazing. Paulina, I think you should have them come back and should do a Chicana word off with the next year <laughs> with a bunch of other poets. That would be wonderful. That would be cool. <laughs> I'm cool? in. Yeah, I'm let's in. do it. I'll do it. Um, well, amazing work, both of you. Thank Just you. beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, the, do you guys have any questions? Anything you want to ask them about uh, being Tejana, about, about their work? You are listening to part two of a presentation from the 2017 Tucson Festival of Books at the Pima County Public Library in Nuestros Raices stage. Maria Herreras moderated this panel with authors Guadalupe Garcia McCall and Emmy Perez entitled The Tejana, Another State of Mind Celebrating the Rio Grande Valley and the people that shaped it in poetry and prose. 
Audience members asked Guadalupe Garcia Macau about the age recommendation for Shame the Stars as well as some source materials. Um, it says it says twelve and up, but I would not teach it below eighth. I would think eighth grade is a perfect time because they're learning American history and this is our American history. <laughs> and so I think it fits there and I also think it fits in the high school level with the American History Unit um, I wrote it in, in such a way that a, a lot of adults are, are reading it and it's being read in colleges too so 12, 12 and up but I wouldn't put it 7th or I, would, I wouldn't do it below that because it does talk about um, some of the harsher things like that were, that, that were being done to the Hispanics at that time, to the Mexican-American. Yes, Revolution in Texas, Benjamin Johnson. That was the first book I read. I read it all that one night, and then like I got all these poems from it. But going back in and doing some research, that's when I was able to get the rest of the story. And I've, in fact, in, in here, and I'm just going to take a moment to show you, I reference a lot of the primary sources because uh, as an English teacher and a high school teacher, you know, primary sources are important, and I want my students to know that they're out there the, and that they need to research and, and find the truth. This is from uh, the Library of Congress, and it says, Mob tries to uh, free Mexican priests. When I was doing the research, I knew Joaquin's brother was a priest, and so I wrote, uh, in the search engine, I wrote, priest, Mexican Revolution, Rangers, and that's what came up. And I was like, I think Joaquin is going to form a mob to get his brother out of jail. <laughs> so a lot, of the, uh, a lot of these sources are in here because a lot of the story was informed by the actual research that I did about that time period. Perez and Garcia McCall were asked if they felt estranged from Mexico. Well, since I didn't grow up on the border, we would, when I was a kid, we would go to Tijuana from Southern California. And so we would go with my grandparents to Tijuana. That was the closest border that we lived near. And so I have memories of doing that. And then when I moved to El Paso, it was a lot easier to cross into El Paso. Um, and then when I moved to McAllen, I would go to Reynosa to have dinner, to Matamoros. And I've traveled into Mexico City, and I've gone all over in Mexico. But I haven't gone a lot in recent years. I haven't. Um, I ha I'm the mother of two very small children. I don't know how to travel with them <laughs> into to Mexico, to be honest. And so I'm hoping that that's going to change in the next, um, you know, couple of years as they get older. I do want to go stay there for a summer somewhere. I know that people say it's still dangerous in places, but I do want to find a place where my family and I can go spend like a summer there and really improve our Spanish. And I want my children to know where they're from, where their ancestors are from. Um, yeah. I have um, three sisters and my father who still live in Eagle Pass. And um, one of them, my sister Alicia, she's, um, she's a cop. And she goes over there a lot. Um, she raises shepherds, so she, her veterinarian is across the river. And so on Saturdays, she goes over there. Um, the, I think last summer I wanted to remodel my bathroom and she, so I was telling her, oh my God, tile is so expensive, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, just come down here. We'll go get it in Mexico. So we went down there last summer and, you know, we had lunch on the plaza. We, we bought some other stuff. We went shopping. It was not anything like what you see on TV and on these reports. 
We just went over there, bought some stuff, had lunch, and came back. And she said, what did you expect? I said, I don't know. You see all that stuff on the, on the, on the news? Because I'm over here in San Antonio. And she said, no, Lupe, nothing's really changed that much for us who live right here uh, on the border. Other than we see this wall being built, and we look it out there and go, really? You're building a wall? You're taking my view. Because <laughs> she lives in Camado, which is part, like, right there outside of Eagle Pass. And she lives on the border. Her backyard is the river. Uh, she has six acres, and she says it really is breaking her heart that they're putting that wall there because that's, that's her view, that, and that view uh, was what we grew up with. Um, but, yeah, I, I was down there, and I wouldn't say I go a lot because I, I'm very busy. I teach full-time. I'm in an MFA program. I'm writing novels. I'm doing this stuff. So I don't get a lot of time to go home to visit my family. Um, but I was down there a couple of weeks ago, and um, we didn't go into Mexico, but I visited with everybody on the border, and we talked a lot about all the things they do. They go over there to, you know, get their wisdom pull, uh, tooth yeah, pulled, and so it's, it's just, it's life on the border, you know. They, they still treat it the same way my family does. They, 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 don't, see, they don't see what we think they see. They, they are, they're still ensconced in that world, and so... I feel estranged only because I moved to San Antonio, but not because the border is not accessible to me. I feel like I'm still, it's still accessible to my family and to me. Garcia McCall and Perez were asked if people who actually lived on the border viewed a proposed border wall as an imposition. I think my family does. I think my sister does. Um, they, they, they feel like it's a way of life that somebody's telling them this is the wrong way to live. And, and that's like, how do you know? You don't live here. <laughs> you know? It's like somebody coming to your house and saying, that's not the way you cook that. Yeah, it is. Because this is my house. This is the way we cook it here. <laughs> this is the way we clean the bathroom here. You know? It's, it's, it's our home. And so when somebody says, this is the way it is, you're like, you don't know. You don't live here. You don't, you don't walk in these shoes. And they probably never will. No. And it's such an insult to us all. Yeah. It's a slap in the face. It is. So I'm in the Rio Grande Valley where I live, the Sierra Club is very active in trying to do a National Day of Action against the border wall. And so I've been going to some of the meetings. And it's not only the Sierra Club. There's other organizations that are working on it. So look for that, hopefully, unless someone else is doing it too, to happen fairly quickly so that we can all try to oppose it, yes. I think a lot of the people that are living in those places that are getting more and more wall and more border patrol and more of that uh, militant, uh, military uh, presence um, are feeling like they just want to go. They just want to leave. And it's sad because we're talking about killing off a culture. Mm -hmm. A little by little, taking away somebody's culture. And I think that's why I write these books, because I feel like this is my way of recording it. And this is a way, not just of recording what we were, but what we've lost and how it's been happening historically for many, many years, not just now. This is nothing new. One of my students told me, he, they're reading my book uh, because they're going to introduce me at the San Antonio Book Festival. So I have this little core group that's reading this book. And the boy, one boy comes in and he says, Miss, I finished your book. 
And I said, oh, well, good. And, uh, and he goes, he goes, gotta say it, don't love the ending. And then I said, and then, and then he kind of figures out that it is my book and he's just told me he doesn't like it. And he goes, no, no, I mean, you're a really good writer. And, and I said, no, 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 talk to me, talk to me. I said, I need to know, why do you hate the ending? And he said, it's open, it's open, it's just open-ended. You think the conflict's gonna you know, be resolved, but it's open-ended, and I said, baby, is the conflict over? Think about that. And he goes, oh. And I said, yeah, baby, it's been 100 years, but we haven't moved an inch. And he goes, I see, yeah, you're right, miss. We still have a lot of prejudice in the wall, miss. They want to build the wall. And I said, that's right. And this is a kid from San Antonio who, whose family has lived here all his life and who has no concept of that. I mean, he, he devoured the book that in the weekend, which tells me these kids want to read about their culture and they want to read about their history and it opened his eyes that ending it left him wanting some kind of resolution which is like the best way to leave a Hispanic kid right now we want you to go and look for that resolution I want you to go fight baby I want you to raise your stand up and speak up you know and so we had that conversation and all the other kids who haven't read the book they were like Miss where can we get the book? And I said, it's in the library. Check it out. I'm always telling them they, they don't have to buy the book. It's in the library. I donate, we donated books to the library. You can just go get one. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Um, I'm wondering, you know, if you have anything else to add about your work and, um, you know, about the uh, Camino del Sol series, about poetry and... Uh, if you want to, to expand on that. A I bit. just want to say one more thing is that Tejanas and Chicanas and uh, people of color have been writing from resistance for a long time now. And so now it's great to see that other people are joining up and saying, you see lots of anthologies on resist, writing from resistance. So it's nice to see if anything good is coming from all of this chaos is that mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are speaking up more now. And so I, I think yeah. it's a good time for to create art. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I just wanted to say thank you so much for bringing us here to the organizers and to, um, to the people that made it possible for me to be here today. I'm, I feel very blessed, very blessed to be invited and very blessed to be here, especially with Emmy. We'll have to leave it there. You've been listening to part two of a presentation from the 2017 Tucson Festival of Books at the Pima County Public Library Nuestras Raices stage. Mario Herreras moderated this panel with authors Guadalupe Garcia McCall and Emmy Perez entitled The Tejana, Another State of Mind Celebrating the Rio Grande Valley and the People That Shaped It in Poetry and Prose. Thank you for listening to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Shager. This and all episodes of 30 Minutes are available at kxci.org on the 30 Minutes program page.